Hello, everyone. You're listening to Slapdash, the podcast about history, art, science, and everything else. We're your hosts, Jason Creekmore and Shannon Deaton. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we are going to talk about Disney movies. Joining me is a man who is a lifetime member of the Mickey Mouse Club. (laughs) Shannon Deaton, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Are you ready to discuss some uh, Disney greatness? I am. I'm a big fan of Disney. Are you? I think we're pretty qualified. You know, I I have two daughters. You have two daughters. Oh, yeah. Mine are older than yours, so we kind of have a span where we've probably watched our uh, our fair share of Disney movies over the years. We watch the same ones every single day. Now, doubt it. Does that ever change? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, maybe just a little, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, some more technology kind of comes into it a little sure. bit every once in a while and they get on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But no, we still watch, you know, Disney movies, Disney Channel. Yeah. Disney's still pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Always has been. Yeah. That's the cool thing about Disney. Well, you know, we've had top uh, top 20 lists for candy bars, cereals, uh, wrestlers, and, and other things. So today we are going to do the same for Disney movies. We use SurveyMonkey to poll our listeners and the results are in. So, at this time, we will release the top 20 Disney movies as voted on by Slapdash listeners. Number 20, Bambi. Bambi was Disney's fifth animated movie and debuted in 1943. Obviously, it features uh, Bambi and his friends uh, Thumper, the rabbit, and Flower, which I've always thought was just hilarious. Flower uh, was a skunk. And the cartoon focuses on several themes such as family and the dangers of quote-unquote man. Uh, During the story, man kills Bambi's mother and eventually is responsible for a forest fire. And I can uh, specifically remember being in elementary school, and I don't know what grade, probably second, third grade, but I can remember watching this movie in the library. And I just remember thinking that this movie's trying to tell me something, even back then. Like there was was, a life lesson to be taken from it. Yeah, it was was like, well, mankind is responsible for all this damage. (laughs) You know, I see all the fire and, and, you know, and it's, you know, we're to blame. So even like as a child, I was, I could kind of see that a little bit, but I can distinctly remember Pine Knot Elementary School in the library sitting there watching Bambi. That's awesome. I have two memories of Bambi. One is the mother scene. Yeah. And it's a- just completely heartbreaking. Yeah, that's awful. To this day. I think that was it's the terrible. first time I was introduced to sadness in my yeah. life. <laughs> the, the first tear was shed during <laughs> Bambi. Uh, the other thing I remember is there was a time when there was a game, a computer game out called Deer Hunter. Have you ever heard of this oh, game? Oh, yes. Yeah. We used to play yep. that a lot in middle school. And there was some game that came out that was sort of a parody of Deer Hunter. And I can't remember the name of it, but the deer was hunting the man. And you played as a character named Bambo. And it was like Bambi, <laughs> but Rambo. And it was it was awesome. It was just such a fun game to play. But that that's what I think about every time I see Bambi. <laughs> it's I Bambo. Go, I may have to go home and Google that tonight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Number 19, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch was released in 2002. It's a tale of a young girl's close encounter with the galaxy's most wanted extraterrestrial. Lilo is a lonely Hawaiian girl who adopts a small, ugly dog, in quotation marks, (laughs) who she names Stitch. Stitch would be the perfect pet if he weren't, in reality, a genetic experiment who has escaped from an alien planet and crash-landed on Earth. (laughs) If only. If, If only. Now, I haven't actually seen this movie all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's one of those that really didn't stick with me as a Disney movie and I've, I've seen them almost all of the Disney movies right. but for whatever reason this one just didn't feel like the same it didn't have the same weight to it to me but I'm probably in the minority in that I think a lot of people like Lilo and Stitch well, have you seen it? I'm, I'm actually with you I don't think I've ever watched it from end to end yeah uh, it seems like there's a lot going on in that movie mm-hmm. you know you have the little girl then you have this koala bear looking type of alien and, and I think there's some references to Elvis in it and there's just <laughs> yeah, some, I remember that there's just, some, there's just a lot going on in that movie yeah, but I know, you know the people that like it really like it, uh, and it's popular, and it doesn't surprise me that it made the the top 20. Yeah. Uh, I, I watch a YouTube channel where they discuss movies like this and some of the you know the historical things that were going on right. at the time, and this came out in 2002, and it was in production during the time that 9-11 happened. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and toward the end of this movie, there's a scene where Lilo or probably not Lilo, but, but one of the characters is piloting a plane, and the plane starts to crash, and as it's going 
going down, you start seeing something like a New York City skyline. And it was just something that at the at the last minute, they completely reversed and changed. They made the airplane look, I think, more like a spaceship. And they changed what was on the exterior, not to be buildings and all of that, uh, because it was a very sensitive time in the wow. history of America. I, I didn't know that. So they had to make some edits. Huh. Um, another interesting fact is, of course, this movie takes place in Hawaii, but it was originally considered to take place in rural Kentucky. No way. Yeah, and I think it the movie would have been better for it, and I would have watched it. <laughs> if, if all went. Wow. Number 18, Ratatouille. Ratatouille came out in 2007 and is the feel-good story of a rat named Remy. And Remy wants to be a master chef, but because he is a rat... And rats uh, are usually not uh, favored to be in uh, you know the, the, the back of a restaurant People or a don't kitchen. Right? In the kitchen. Right. That's right. right. He doesn't really think uh, that he would be welcomed in a human kitchen and, and be successful. Uh, however, as fate would have it, uh, he teams up with a garbage boy, and together they sort of realize their dreams together. Lucky him. Yeah, I, I like this movie. I thought it was cute, and I know we talked about it a few minutes ago, and you thought that uh, it held up you know pretty well over I, time. I feel like it does. I really like the scene we were talking about earlier where the mouse or I guess it's a rat. The, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. He, he's kind of hiding kinda under. Some kind of rotor. Yeah, he's under the hat of the chef, and he's pulling the chef's hair, and <laughs> he'll do that, and his left arm will go up, and he'll yeah. pull another hair, and the right arm will go up. I, I just thought the whole premise of that movie, as bizarre and out there as it is, it just really worked. I, I thought it was an yeah. interesting film from beginning to end, and kind of heartfelt. Yeah, and I even like sort of the the uh, bad guy in it. You know, I did too, the it, critic. Yeah, yeah, the critic. Yeah, he's uh, there's something about him that's sort of at least uh, entertaining you yeah. know, that I thought and I don't know but I liked I liked his role as well my daughters and I and my wife we, we watched this movie recently actually within the last few weeks and talking about that critic I think the title of that film being Ratatouille is intentional obviously because the main character is a rat but also Ratatouille is a dish and apparently it's a peasant dish which means it's not something that affluent people typically purchase huh, in a high-end restaurant that. yeah so at the end of that film the critic tells the the chef bring the best thing you have and and whatever it is whatever you dare to bring me i think is what he said because <laughs> he's the stereotypical right. bad guy critic you yeah know? so he brings in the ratatouille and he he just kind of smirks but whenever he tastes it all of a sudden he has this flashback of being a kid and his mom's bringing him the ratatouille <laughs> yeah. and the dots just get connected and he's you know just kind of swooning right there in the so restaurant he gets a tear in his eye right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a good movie like i said heartfelt and interesting Number 17, The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book was released in 1967. It's an American animated musical comedy film produced by Walt Disney Productions and based on Rudyard Kipling's 1894 book of the same name. It is the 19th Disney animated feature film. I've seen this movie probably a couple dozen times over my life. I like it. I, I don't think I voted for it in the top 20. and it It's, it's a good movie. I, I think the animation is solid. It does have some lasting characters you know with Baloo the bear and uh, Shere Khan the tiger and the snake and all those things but for whatever reason this one wasn't one that had a lot of lasting impact on me but what do you think Jungle Book have you I'm I'm not big on it I didn't actually vote for that either and yeah the the characters are okay but they're not like very lovable characters somehow it's like they're just sort of characters I don't know for some reason I never really was a was a huge fan of, of the Jungle Book interesting fact about that whenever I think of the Jungle Book I remember the main character the little kid who's wearing like the red underwear. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, his name is pronounced as Mowgli in the movie. But Rudyard Kipling had a pronunciation guide and they got all of the characters wrong. Oh, right? really? Yeah, so so Mowgli is actually Mowgli, kind of like, you know, the first part of his name, M-O-W, rhymes with cow, Mow. So Mowgli and not Mowgli. And uh, in addition, Ka the snake was supposed to be Car the snake and Blue the bear should have been Barlu the bear, according to the book. Well, they just butchered that all to pieces. They right? messed it up. <laughs> and w- w- another interesting note here is that Walt Disney actually discouraged the animators from reading the book. He didn't want them to have any knowledge of it before they produced the film. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Number 16, Dumbo. 
Dumbo came out in 1941 and highlights the story of a young elephant with huge floppy ears. And while the cartoon is is heartwarming, the recent movie called Dumbo is sort of uh, depressing, uh, just a little bit. Have, have you seen the, the movie? I've not that seen came the out? movie. Uh, it has Danny DeVito as the yeah, and I think leader. and maybe Hugh Jackman. I think maybe oh, yeah. okay. in, in there as well. I know Danny DeVito is. Yeah, uh, but Jackman maybe in there. Now, Jackman well. was also in The Greatest Showman here recently, where he was sort of a ringleader too. Oh, so. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know uh, my he youngest. Might be in there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> my, my youngest daughter, she watched uh, that recently, and we were talking about this list the other night, and and uh, she said, uh, "Well, if it's the cartoon, that's pretty good." And, and she <laughs> said, "But the movie's sad." She said, "At the movie, yeah. she said that that uh, she said uh, uh, Dumbo thinks that he's going to be like walking into this thing with his mother, and they slam this gate, oh. and he's sort of there, and and then like she went on to say like to talk about like three or four scenes that were like really depressing. It's like the longer she talked, the longer her face got you know oh whatever and, but she ended it by saying but i love the cartoon though <laughs> <laughs> cartoon is good Fly, yeah. flying dumbo big ears that's all right of that. yeah. um this is this is another one i didn't watch a whole lot growing yeah. up but i certainly remember the iconic scene of him flying and uh just oh, trying yeah. to make it in the circus i suppose I, I remember going to uh disney world with my mother and uh she put me on this this dumbo ride and it, it went up it seemed like it went up three miles in the air it's probably 20 feet you know at the time but <laughs> yeah. i remember sort of holding on to his ears and uh you know it was it was a really cool ride and so i specifically remember that uh, uh sort of event you know at disney world i was probably six or seven years old that's pretty uh, cool. at, at the time but that, that's my dumbo story there's a similar ride at disney world where you're on the magic carpet from aladdin oh and yeah my wife and i went together there and we rode the magic carpet ride and it's one of those that you could control the elevation of the ride by like pressing up on a lever or down. Oh, really? You were really just going in a circle, but you could go up or down and have the bar raise you up and down if you sort of push this lever. We did that one time and realized we're not a fan of heights. We, <laughs> go and, down, go down. And, and, you know, we're obviously riding this with like eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds and they're up in the sky waving, <laughs> hi, mom, you know, <laughs> just having all kinds of fun. We're on the lowest setting, just kind of looking around, you know, but... uh yeah, that, that was kind of fun. Disney World's always a fun experience. Oh, yeah. Number 15, The Incredibles. The Incredibles was released in 2004 in the slotted Pixar animation film. Married superheroes Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are forced to assume mundane lives as Bob and Helen Parr after all superpowered activities have been banned by the government. This is a fun movie, and my girls love the characters of the movie. I don't think the movie itself holds their interest. They're three years old and you know almost <laughs> two years old. <laughs> my youngest daughter's five months old, but the characters themselves they absolutely love. And McDonald's did a promotion where they released these characters here within the last year or two. I think it's when Incredibles 2 right. came oh, out. Yeah. And the the baby in the story is called Baby Jack-Jack. I don't know. Have <laughs> yeah. you seen the movie? Yeah. Oh, I have. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Incredibles, the dad, and Last of Girls, the mom. But really, whenever my girls were you know playing with these toys, they really latched on to that name Baby Jack-Jack. So it became, you know, the, the little baby was Baby Jack-Jack, and then you had Daddy Jack-Jack, and then you had Mommy Jack-Jack. <laughs> and there's another character who is not really a sidekick but another hero his name is frozone oh yeah uh, he became uncle jack jack for whatever <laughs> uncle <reason>. jack jack <laughs> yeah yeah makes perfect sense it, it to makes me. perfect sense but this was the first pixar movie that was comprised only of cg human beings up to this point they had hmm. produced some other things but it's mostly animals and apparently cg human beings are really hard to create or at least at that time it was really hard to make them and that's one of the reasons jason that toy story was about toys uh because the actually creating humans didn't look very good huh, on a computer is, it's too difficult during huh? that time it's just too difficult and when they tried to do it they kept saying man the, the faces just look too waxy they almost look plastic when we make people and then someone had the idea well let's just make plastic toys you know right. that, that makes infinitely more sense but going back to the incredibles uh, they actually used a copy of the medical school text, Gray's Anatomy. It's the, you know, the big medical school textbook. It was given to all of the digital sculptors, and it helped them figure out how the body moves. And they also used live-action footage of animators walking around. And they used huh, that, too. That's really cool. As a point of reference. And I, I think they did a fairly good job. It's a Oh, it's a cool movie. Good yeah, movie. It's cool really movie. enjoyable. Number 14, Finding Nemo. 
Finding Nemo is a 2003 production of Pixar Studios and was released uh, by Disney. It made $871 million at the box office and had a budget of $94 million. So big time profits there. A couple of interesting facts. It is the best-selling DVD of all time. Still to this day, I thought that's so strange. That is. Uh, And it was the highest grossing G-rated film of all time before Toy Story 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And of course, the story features uh, Nemo, a little adorable clownfish who gets separated from his father uh, named Marlin. And Marlin teams up with another fish named uh, Dory. And together, they set out on a big, massive uh, adventure to find Nemo. I love that. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, Finding Nemo is definitely in my... I know it comes in at 14 here, but it it would be in my top 10. In your heart. That's right. Yeah, in (laughs) in my heart, it's top 10. It's a good movie. Number 13, Cars. Cars was released in 2006. And the premise of the story is pretty uh, straightforward, but it's also not straightforward at all. (laughs) While traveling (laughs) to California to race against the King and Chick Hicks for the Piston Cup Championship, Lightning McQueen, uh, portrayed by Owen Wilson, becomes lost after falling out of his trailer in a rundown town called Radiator Springs. That's a great name. Absolutely. And while there, he slowly befriends the town's odd residents, including Sally, Doc Hudson, and Tomater. You remember (laughs) Tomater? Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Tomater. <laughs> yeah, they do. Man, to- Tomater was big. He-, he was played by, obviously, Larry the Cable right. Guy. And this was at the height of his fame. Yeah, very distinct the, voice. Yeah, yeah. The, the get her done guy, yeah, right? Yeah. This movie is iconic. It's it's famous in my house. Whenever I taught middle school, anytime we had a moment when it was time to watch a movie, for whatever reason, right. which rarely came in, in middle school, <laughs> the kids always wanted to watch Cars. And, you know, it was a big deal at the time. So I've seen this movie, man, probably probably 15 times from beginning to end and it's fulfilling I, I like the story arc i like the characters i like the animation and i think for the time it was really cutting edge and there's a reason for that they developed a new technique when they were producing cars because up to this point anything that was produced in cg if there was lighting in the scene it had to be hand painted onto each of the frames but they used a new technique called ray tracing which actually renders the way light passes through and collides with surfaces dynamically so in other words wow. the computer would generate where the light was and how it would reflect off the cars but it took a very powerful computer in order to pull that off and as a result of that each frame of the movie which is about 1 24th of a second that's how long a frame is so minuscule amount of time took an average of 17 hours to render every 1 24th of a second oh my gosh some frames took up to a week so this this movie was in production for a while (laughs) i kind of feel bad if my computer spins for like 30 seconds (laughs) i'm just trying to open a word document what's going on here (laughs) that's that's crazy wow that's incredible that's the most amazing statistic i've ever heard yeah i I don't think that's changed a whole lot i mean it's probably went down a little bit but to the degree that the computers have become more powerful (laughs) the dynamic lighting and all the effects have gotten bigger as well so man look out the next movie because (laughs) we can (laughs) we can get that done in half the time it'll take uh, you know eight years before we have two seconds of footage (laughs) four years of frame folks that's what we're looking at Number 12, 101 Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians is a 1961 production of Disney. The budget was $3.6 million, but uh, raked in $303 million at the box office. The storyline focuses on the evil Cruella DeVille. And, of course, my mind just blew when I found out you know, DeVille is devil, kind of like De- oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see, I see That's a good connection. See what you're doing there. So Cruella DeVille, uh, she kidnaps the Dalmatian puppies, and she wants to use their fur to make coats. <laughs> she does and so that, that's a very evil idea that even children can understand that, right? that is a cruelly devilish idea <laughs> i have is. to say but thankfully uh, her plans are foiled and the puppies are rescued so are you a big 101 and there's also a, a, a movie there's made a movie. Of that a couple yeah. decades later i think but uh so are you a big time 101 dalmatians fan yeah, I, I was when i was a kid and i, I was also terrified of cruella cruella deville probably more than some of the other wild. villains she looks absolutely wild and she wanted to kill these puppies 
man. And, and she wanted to skin them and create a fur coat. And surely there were some dyes that could replicate those spots. You didn't have to off. Uh, and 101, does it really take that many? At some point, it's like, man, you, you've probably got a, a coat and a hat and some boots. And 60, 60 would have done just fine. I just wanted to kill them all. Yeah, that's, that's wild. And the other thing, if you remember what she looks like, she's wearing a big yellow fur coat. What in the world's that made of? <laughs> I don't know what kind of animal they Air Bud. But, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, my gosh. Good, good movie. I think it took some criticism because if you remember in the movie, she has a cigarette and she's constantly smoking. All the time. All the time. One of those long type things. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what were the point of those? Do you know? I, I guess like just to get our attention because we're talking the, about it. Yeah. I guess so, that the cigarette would go into. It was only like high class people in movies and <laughs> yeah. apparently cartoons who were using the stem cigarette approach. I and, don't know. And whose hair looked like it was a, <laughs> like a yin and yang symbol. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Somebody should make a coat out of her. <laughs> Number 11, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was produced in 1937. The Grim Fairy Tale gets a Technicolor treatment in Disney's first animated feature. And jealous of Snow White's beauty, the Wicked Queen orders the murder of her innocent stepdaughter, but later discovers that Snow White is still alive and hiding in a cottage with seven friendly little miners. Disguising herself as a hag, the Queen brings a poisoned apple to Snow White, who falls into a death-like sleep that can be broken only by a kiss from the prince. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And something I noticed whenever I was writing the notes for this is the plural of dwarfs just is an S. I thought it was like dwarves, like V-E-S. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a silly thing to even make a connection <laughs> to, but it's, it's just dwarfs with an S. But I, I feel like... I could be wrong about this. Um, in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and some of those movies who have oh, dwarves, yeah. I, I think it's V-E-S, like dwarves. I thought I thought it was. Yeah, so I'm not sure, but this one is dwarves, so F-S. And huh. I, I thought the description of the friendly little miners was, was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, their names are Grumpy, Happy, Sleepy, Bashful, Sneezy, Dopey, and Doc. So the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, have you seen the Seven uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Oh yeah. You know the one thing that I've always thought was was interesting about that, and even at the time I thought it was kind of neat for some reason. I know this sounds so silly, but as time has went on, I've also thought that I always thought it was so different that Snow White, sort of the the, the princess, the leading lady, right? Of, oh yeah. of, of the movie that she had short hair. Oh yeah. It always short black se- hair. it always seems like the, uh, the the Disney princesses always have like longer hair, well, like Rapunzel, it's Rapunzel or Cinderella. Beauty, yeah, but Pocahontas, for, yeah, but for some and Mulan, yeah, all but, of them. But for some reason, just her short dark hair always kind of stood out to me. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think she's uh, in in the canon of Disney movies. I think she's maybe like one of the youngest. I don't know if that has something to oh, do really? with her. Maybe they were shooting to make her more like a childish oh, okay. figure. I don't yeah. know her exact age, but I think she was supposed to be portrayed as being younger, fairly young. Yeah. Now, in addition to the seven dwarfs names that were selected, there were a few that were considered and. Rejected. Let's hear her. <laughs> Jaunty, Blabby, this one's my favorite, Dirty, <laughs> Gabby, Biggie Wiggy, which sounds like a rapper to me, but I guess in 1937, no such thing. <laughs> Biggie Wiggy, uh, Gaspy, <laughs> Gloomy, Here, here's one, just awful. His name was Awful. Oh, his so. name was just Awful? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one that went on to eventually become grumpy, but awful. Yeah. Uh, Deefy, like D, Deefy, Deefy. Yeah. Uh, hoppy, jumpy, hotsy, nifty, and shifty. <laughs> how many uh, how many dwarfs could there be in that in that story? Uh, I don't know, but I, I think I would have been interested in seeing Snow White and the 15 dwarfs that's, if, with those names. <laughs> uh, I think I actually know what happened to all those folks. They ended up being Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they sound like. Yeah. Biggie Wiggy. That's pretty cool. Come here, Papa Biggie Wiggy. Number 10, Lady and the Tramp. The Lady and the Tramp debuted in 1955 and is a feel-good love story between a cocker spaniel named Lady and a rough, tough mutt named Tramp. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, has a, a Romeo and Juliet feel 
two different uh, dogs born and raised on two different sides <laughs> of the tracks, right? right. You know, yeah. uh, but it also features one of the most memorable Disney moments uh, when the two dogs accidentally kiss while eating the spaghetti, right? Oh, that's you know, that's remember, the only thing I remember about Lady and the Tramp. I think that's the only thing anybody ever remembers <laughs> yeah. about Lady and the Tramp. And they're eating out back, and somehow the it's tramp, like an alley, like yeah. an alleyway. He, or he knows how to get the the thrown out food, and you know, at first she's <laughs> repulsed because she's high class, absolutely. She's a lady, yeah. and the food comes out and they just sort of start eating the spaghetti and she's like ooh what's this you know it's ratatouille (laughs) (laughs) pretty cool movie though number nine Cinderella Cinderella was released in 1950 with a wicked stepmother and two jealous stepsisters who keep her enslaved and in rags. Cinderella stands no chance of attending the royal ball. So this is the simplest of premises. She's a girl. She wants to go to the ball and she can't. She ha- she has to sweep. She has to sweep. That, that's those are the rules. Mop the floor. Right, and then her fairy godmother shows up, uh, appears, and magically transforms her reality into a dream come true. Cinderella enchants the handsome prince charming at the ball, but must face the wrath of her enraged stepmother and sisters <laughs> when the spell wears off at midnight. So, have, have you watched Cinderella, or you know the story? I have. Yeah, I mean, I've I can't remember like the last time I watched it, but I have watched it. And of course, there have been like many different renditions of that movies. So, Many. with uh, all different kinds of uh, takes on that but uh, but it's it's a really cool story probably one of the the one of the more major stories of Disney I mean just the whole you know Prince Charming with the the, the shoe that the glass slipper it's one of the first things and, you think about yeah. with Disney yeah it's a, it's a classic tale and it, it like you said it's one that's been told all over the world Cinderella is not original to Disney most of these are not uh, they're just retellings but this this story has been told all over the world and she has many different different names um i can't remember all of them but one of them was like uh cinder ash or, or something like mm-hmm. that and the the stories along these lines they get pretty grim and gruesome not the disney tellings right. but the the ones of cinderella you remember the scene where uh she has to fit the slipper onto her foot or you know the, right. the prince is going around he found the lost slipper and he's trying to test fit it to other people right well he comes across the evil stepsisters and in the disney movie they try to fit it on and obviously oh their feet it's too big they're too wide too long whatever right. and they they won't fit in uh in the story that's not disney the stepsisters actually modify their feet oh gosh physically in order and we won't get into the gruesome <laughs> brought, details brought but. to you by quentin tarantino <laughs> Oh, it's as gruesome as anything. And they, they get their foot into the slipper, and it's a whole big thing. So <laughs> See, it fits fine. <laughs> They've lost like two pints hey, of blood. Ignore that stump in the corner. <laughs> uh, but in this movie, Cinderella is 19 years old, which makes her the oldest princess of, of the Disney princesses. So kind of interesting. The rest of them are all, like I think, ranging from however old Snow White is, 12 or 13, up to, up to 19. Wow. Yeah. Number eight, Mulan. Mulan hit the theaters in 1998 and is described as a musical historical action adventure. Mulan, a young Chinese girl, poses as a young man in order to take the place of her father in the army. And then, of course, this army must go into battle against the Huns mm-hmm. uh, who are invading their homeland. Mulan won a Golden Globe and holds, uh, or actually, in, and had an Academy Award nomination. And I, this is one of my favorites because I think I like the historical aspect of it. Yeah. It's so so different, I guess, just even culturally, what you're used to seeing in Disney movies. Uh, I just loved it. I mean, I, I loved Eddie Murphy's uh, character, you know, with the, the, the little dragon. Oh, that was know, Eddie Murphy. Or, you know, the little lizard yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love him in that. I'm a big Mulan fan. And, of course, uh, there was going to be a, a, an actual live action movie that was going to come out this summer. And so I'm not that's quite not sure that's now. not happening right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully it'll come out maybe soon. Maybe later on. Ma- 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 maybe later on. But, yeah. But uh, I love Mulan. This is one of the ones I saw later in life. My wife and I watched it. She's seen it a few times. I'd never seen it. I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. A lot of these movies. Movies I 
kind of see through a nostalgia lens because I watched as a kid. Right. And when you go back, who knows whether it holds up or not because you're just rooting for, right. you know, hey, I was a kid and I watched this. Yay me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But but Mulan kind of looking at it with fresh eyes as an adult, having never seen it. I thought it was really good for the same reasons you mentioned. I like the history. And there's actually a scene where there's this huge avalanche and it completely decimates oh, yeah. the yep. Huns. And someone was doing a, a film theory on that on YouTube and they were trying to figure out in which Disney movie do the most people die and it was Mulan during that scene of the avalanche it just completely decimates those really? yeah thousands of military soldiers just get wiped out it, I mean it's gruesome but in the movie it just kind of it's just another plot point it just happened but if you if you stop to pause for a moment and think about what really just occurred I mean it's it's a bloodbath man <laughs> <laughs> of course you see uh, Disney now owns the rights to Marvel right that's right so I guess theoretically I guess it would be the, the uh, well the X or not X-Men but one of the Avengers movies oh that's right Thanos killed half of the entire Oh, you're universe. exactly right. Yeah. Okay. He, he, he trumps it. You're right. So, it took Thanos to beat, to beat uh, Mulan out. <laughs> Number seven, Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas was released in 1993. The film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved Pumpkin King, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colors and warm spirits, he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over the role. <laughs> but Jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously <laughs> awry. I love this movie. Oh, it's, it's great. It's so different. It is. It's, it just looks different. Everything about it's different. It, it looks nothing like any other Disney movie. And I think that's why, well, that's what makes it so good. That's why it resonates with me. Right. And it, it was noticed by Disney executives that this wasn't anything like what they put out. Right. And there was some contention over it. Oh, I Because bet. It, it didn't look like um, any of the movies that had come before, any of the big Disney classics. And one of the things that they really took contention with is that Jack Skellington doesn't actually have eyes. If you can just picture the skeleton head, he just has these dark black eye sockets and right. really no eyes. And a chief principle of animation in order to humanize characters is you have to give them eyes that up to that point that's what it was believed right. people won't connect to a character who doesn't have human right. eyes it, it was obviously something that never came about he he did not get the friendly pair of eyes and tim burton really stood up for keeping it exactly how it was and i think he was rightful for doing so because it turned out to be a fantastic movie just a great movie i mean you know it cracked our top 10 so what else do you want yeah i love it we my family and I revisit this every Halloween and then we revisit again on Christmas. It's yeah. just one of those movies that's good for all seasons. <laughs> Number six, The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid came out in 1989 and tells the story of a mermaid princess named Ariel who has always wanted to explore life above the sea. She falls in love with a human named Prince Eric, but has to make a deal with the evil sea witch Ursula in order to be with the prince. And Shannon, this movie has one of the best songs associated with Disney, the uh, Under the Sea. I right? love you know, it. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. I mean, you just get happy every time that you just start you know to listen to that. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. When this movie came out, I was I was you know pretty young, and Ursula scared me to death. She's terrifying. I mean, just everything about her. It, it's almost like. Cruella Deville and an octopus put together, right? <laughs> that's, what she that, is. that's Ursula. The tentacles, I, man. In my mind, that's where that character came from. But uh, uh, my daughters both love Little Mermaid. I mean, what's not to like? You know, the tail, the flipping, and, and you know, and they have little you know friends under the sea and and King <laughs> Triton and all that stuff. Little Mermaid yeah. is awesome. I know it comes in number six here, but it would it would probably be top five for me. You're talking about Ursula being scary. There's this scene at the end where she's crawling across the boat i think part of the plot point is that she turns into another woman to distract the, the right. prince yes. from yep. ariel who can't talk because she has her voice that was sort of the deal that was right. the deal and she turns back into ursula and just when she does her legs go away and she regains those tentacles and she starts just sort of like crab walking across the plank of the boat and walking toward the camera with this big grimace man i jumped back from the tv as yeah. a kid it was just like watching the ring yeah i mean it was just I, terrifying i saw that once before once before it was a feel-good movie called The Exorcist. <laughs> We've seen that family-friendly movie. Right. Yeah, that's good. Don't let them in. 
jealousy Be the good girl you always have to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know Well now they know Let it go, let it go Number 5, Frozen Frozen was released in 2013, and this is a movie that is fairly recent, but already cracks the top five, and I'm not very surprised by that. It was in my top ten, I have to admit, and I've seen this movie more times than is healthy for a man my age, but again, I have daughters, so I'm going to blame it on them. That's what I do. (laughs) Uh, But the premise is, when their kingdom becomes trapped in perpetual winter, fearless Anna joins forces with mountaineer Kristoff and his reindeer sidekick to find Anna's sister, Snow Queen. Elsa and break her icy spell. Although their epic journey leads them to encounters with mystical trolls, a comedic snowman, harsh conditions, and magic at every turn, Anna and Kristoff bravely push onward in a race to save their kingdom from winter's cold grip. So, Jason, how many times have you seen Frozen? And when you answer that, how many times have you sang along to Let It Go? <laughs> uh, probably, uh, as far as the movie, probably eight to ten times. Yeah. As far as singing <laughs> singing with it 30 maybe 30 I, know. <laughs> I know i like that song and i think i sing that a little better than most people think i would oh really yeah i do i'm, I'm not gonna lie about that we'll I have would. to do a special episode sometime. well that's not necessary <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> i think people would pay to see that though i would i honestly would um but no this this is a good movie it has a, a different premise than a lot of disney movies most disney movies are based on the princess getting the prince and there's a right. love situation going on there this one starts out that way and it looks like it's going to be just like every other disney movie but it actually ends with not like a love between man and a woman but love between sisters right yeah which, which makes it a different, different feel and a lot of people like that from a critical standpoint because it was disney sort of breaking the mold a little right. bit now the most iconic scene to me is when Elsa builds her ice palace and oh, yeah. she, that, I think that's when she's singing Let It Go. Yeah. She's just been exiled from Arendelle, and she's climbing the mountain, and the snows are blowing and man, I'm behind her. I'm pumped yeah. whenever I hear <laughs> that first note. Yeah, you, you make know? that room. <laughs> that's right. It's so cold. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, 50 people worked on the technology for that scene where Elsa builds her ice palace, and one frame of the scene, just one frame, took 30 hours to render. So we were talking about cars Gosh. earlier taking a long time. We but. could have watched like Cars Part 3 before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this movie looked really good. I think from a CGI perspective, especially that scene, yeah. it really stands above a lot of the competition. I'm, I'm a big Frozen fan. Me too. Ever a surprise? Ever as before? Ever just as sure as the sun will rise? Taylor's oldest time. Number four. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast debuted in 1991 and is probably the classic love story between a prince who is turned into a monstrous beast and a beautiful young girl named Belle. And unless Belle falls in love with him before the last petal off the magic rose falls to the ground, the beast will be a beast forever. Oh, it's it's such a tragic, yeah. tragic love story, but not so tragic and, by the end. And it also has like this element of time. So you can see, you know, every once in a while, one petal will fall off and yeah. you'll be like, ooh, better hurry, beast. <laughs> Time's a ticking. That's right. <laughs> Hope it doesn't frost tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that movie, and I love the song that goes along with it. Not just oh, that, yeah. my uh, youngest daughter and my second daughter, both for their first Halloween, were dressed as Belle oh, from really? Beauty and the Beast, and they had a little stuffed beast that oh, they took around with them. Man, around. it was precious. We got all kinds of candy that year. <laughs> That's it was awesome, great. yeah. <laughs> Look at this cuteness. Yeah. Sideways and under on a magic carpet ride, a whole new a new fantastic point of view no one number three aladdin aladdin was released in 1992 when street rat aladdin frees a genie from a lamp he finds his wishes granted however he soon finds that the evil has other plans for the lamp and for princess jasmine but can aladdin save princess jasmine and his love for her after she sees that he isn't quite what he appears to be and the answer is yeah, apparently. 
<laughs> that's what the story says. That, that's what the story says. I always uh, remember the cave scene in this movie. Whenever Aladdin first finds the lamp, he's inside of the mouth of this big tiger <laughs> like looking sand tiger type thing in the desert. Yeah. And it says only a diamond in the rough can enter. And apparently Aladdin's a diamond in the rough. He's this <laughs> poor kid from the streets who has a heart of gold. You know, so it's it's a it's a good story setup. But in that scene, whenever he finds the genie and he rubs the lamp, the genie comes out. It's Robin Williams, which man, God bless Robin Williams' heart. He he's beloved, <laughs> super I mean, talented, just super super talented. He goes through singing a song, and you know he introduces Aladdin to himself as the genie. But then he starts setting up these rules about what you can and can't wish for, <laughs> yeah. right? And he says you can't wish for more wishes because that's the first thing everybody would do. You know, <laughs> yeah. my first wish is give me a million wishes. <laughs> right. He he says you can't wish for anyone to come back from the dead. Which I don't understand that one. I mean, that that seemed like just a perfectly fine wish right. to me. Uh, but apparently that that's not allowed. And then you can't wish for anyone to fall in love with you, which is the whole premise of the movie. <laughs> but you can you can get around that by putting on a show, dancing through the streets, uh, you know, looking like a prince, a golden elephant, that type of thing. <laughs> that's right? right. I love that scene. But you know the thing he he should have wished for. He he should have wished for more lamps. Because they didn't say you couldn't wish for more wishes. I mean, that he did say you couldn't wish for more wishes, but he didn't say you couldn't wish for more genies. Oh, wow. Right? So, so, so I think three more, a backdoor. Right? You know, yeah. I, I wish for more genies. That's pretty good. I never thought of it that yeah, way. He, he missed his opportunity on that one, but this is a fun movie. Do you, do you have any memories of Aladdin? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so colorful, and uh, that has one of the also one of the best villains in it. I mean, that guy oh, looks, Jafar. Lord, he looks Man. menacing. He does. I mean, it's like... The long face. Yeah. The beard. I mean, yeah, he looks he looks horrifying but uh no i, I loved aladdin the music was great uh feel good story you know ha, has some action in it it's very very good movie i don't think anyone could have replaced robin williams in that role but no. they, they did have some backups robin williams was their first go-to and the way that disney wooed him over to their side to get him to do that is the director or the writer i can't remember who it was but they told the animation team to go find some of robin williams stand-up bits that were recorded and animate the genie going through those bits and then they brought Robin Williams into a theater and showed him that said, material. Watch this. And he just cracked up. He thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. And he signed that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, they had some backups. If they weren't able to get Robin Williams, they wanted to get John Candy, which I think would have been interesting. Not Robin Williams, but, you know, he was there. Steve Martin, maybe. I could see that. I could see I that, maybe, yeah. Eddie Murphy, obviously, oh, yeah. royalty when he, it comes he probably to voice pulled and characters. It off. <laughs> I think he could have done it. Uh, Martin Short, John Goodman, or Albert Brooks. So, hmm. you know you know who I think they overlooked around this time period, 1992? Michael Keaton. Michael <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Michael Keaton could have done it, man. <laughs> if this is the first podcast you've listened to, you may want to go back and listen to like pretty much any other episode that we've ever done. I think Shannon has a Michael Keaton tattoo. Oh, man, this guy could do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan, obviously, but I think he has the range to do it. He could have been a fantastic genie. I think I think that was a missed opportunity, you, but you yeah. need to have a family picture and just <laughs> superimpose him in the background. You know, just standing there. Good idea. <laughs> Number two, Toy Story. Toy Story was a Pixar production and was released by Disney in 1995. And this was the first entirely computer animated feature film. Has some of the most lovable Disney characters uh, you would ever meet. Of course, we have Sheriff Woody, voiced by Tom Hanks. And we have Buzz Lightyear, voiced by Tim Allen. Yeah. And of course, the song we just got through listening to there, uh, You've Got a Friend, uh, you, you, You've Got a Friend in Me. I love it. Yeah. I love Toy Story. And of course, the, the movies were, were spaced out, right? There were several years, oh, yeah. but you know, uh, uh, between them and I watched some of them in the theater some of them at, uh, at a uh, drive-in and uh, my daughters were different ages I was different ages obviously when, when all these come out and uh, so I'm sort of like emotionally invested in the Toy Story 
story. Oh, right? me too. Yeah. Uh, the entire franchise is just is just pure gold. Like I was saying, you know, multiple sequels, uh, great secondary characters, uh, and a general storyline that I think has, at least to some degree, entered the mind of every kid. I mean, when you were a kid, did you ever walk out of your room and think, are they talking about me? Maybe it's just paranoia. <laughs> I, I think I don't about know. that to this day. Or what? Yeah. And so I think that that has went through every child's mind. And then the fact that they just sort of took that and then made this was just absolutely <laughs> remarkable. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan. This was a big deal in cinema history. The first time I saw Toy Story, I was just completely blown away. Oh, unreal. It was like you were seeing magic on the screen. I, I'd grown up watching cartoons, grown up watching movies, and there wasn't anything super special about that to me. But the computer-generated models of that movie just somehow were just so much different than anything that was out there. And I thought, man, this is the future. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. what everything's going to be from here going forward. But Toy Story is a fantastic movie. Number one, The Lion King. The Lion King was created in 1994. I'm not too surprised that it's at the top of the list. When I saw it go on, I thought, I don't think there's anyone who would cast a vote against Lion King or not vote for Lion King. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely was going to be in the top five, the top three. No doubt. I I think I called it at number one as soon as we put it on the list. I just thought it was going to happen. But The Lion King tells the story of Simba, which is Swahili for lion, a young lion who is to succeed his father, Mufasa, as king of the Pride Lands. However, after Simba's paternal uncle, Scar, murders Mufasa, Simba is manipulated into thinking he was responsible and flees into exile. I love this movie growing up as a kid. It's It has one of the most heartbreaking scenes, oh, it's just, just like Bambi, but probably amplified to the nth degree. Mufasa's death is something that still I can't watch. I mean, I, obviously I've seen it so many times, but whenever I went back to watch it with my daughters, it's it's just something you almost have to look away from. I mean, it will make a grown man just sit there and, and tear up and bawl. I mean, it's just <laughs> Don't it, look, it's child. Awful. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, when it happens, uh, I remember the first time that uh, my daughters watched that, that yeah. they they watched it and then like the dust settles and yeah. it's not there. And then they look up and they go, well, when's he coming back? Because it's a quiet scene. And right. that's what stuck out to me as an adult kind of going back and, and watching it with fresh right. eyes. The, the music stops. You see the last little part of the herd that ran him over kind of gallop away. And then there's just Simba, like you said. The dust settles. Right. Mufasa's laying there just with his eyes closed, and Simba kind of tiptoes up to him. It's a very quiet moment. Nobody ever talks during that moment when you're no. watching it like in the living room. It's quiet. <laughs> you're just sitting there like, man, I hope this time he gets up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one time, wake up. Just just, just get up because it's it's so sad. And then he goes and he, he like puts his uh, dad's arm like over his shoulder yeah. and kind of lays there. It's awful. <laughs> oh, man, it breaks your heart. But, you know, one thing that stood out to me about that movie is Scar. I love Scar. Yeah. I think he's a tremendous villain. He looks a lot like Jafar from Aladdin. He does. I, I thought that was just me. <laughs> no, no, he does. There, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. It's the long face. They both have that sort of black, yeah. pointy beard. Yeah. He has the best musical number in the entire thing when he's singing <laughs> with the hyenas, Be Prepared. I mean, that's just the best part <laughs> yeah. of the entire movie. The thing I always wondered about him, though, is was he named Scar from birth, or did he get the name because he has the scar? Because, I mean, if he was just born and they're like, Oh, you know, here's Mufasa. Your scar. It's just like, man, that's that's a self fulfilling. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Uh, they explain that a little further in the the movie version, which just came out last year. Have you seen? Yeah, the movie I have version? not seen that. No, it's it's pretty good. It took a lot of uh, backlash because the they went for a really realistic look for the animals, which looks good as far as just the animals go. Man, that's some of the best CGI there is. It looks like yeah, that's a lion and it's doing its lion thing. But in addition to that, like the the facial animations are really stiff because they go for realism over kind of selling the silly parts of the cartoony art style. So it took some criticism for that. And it was really just almost a shot for shot remake of the cartoon. There's not a lot of extra plot. They do add in just a little bit Mm. more fluff. But by and large, it's the same exact movie. If you've seen the cartoon, then you've 
seen the wow. movie. It's worth watching, though. I enjoyed it. Now, The Lion King has long been billed as the first Disney animated film to feature a completely original storyline. So up to this point, they'd had Cinderella, Snow White, and various other movies that were based on other works. But guess what, Jason? There's some contention saying that The Lion King wasn't actually an original storyline. Uh-oh. I think it holds water, too. I went back and I've watched what some of the naysayers have said, and I've seen the movie that was made years before The Lion King. And it's called Kimba the White Lion. And Kimba sounds a whole lot like Simba. We know that for sure. I'll give you that. <laughs> the, the movie even features some of the exact same scenes from The Lion King, including the use of a pride rock type structure that the lions oh, live yeah. on. Uh, there is a Pumbaa and Timon character that are, you know, is a warthog. And I guess, what is he, a prairie dog? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. So there's a lot of the same stuff going on as uh, Kimba tries to rise to power in the pride oh, wow so yeah i found that kind of interesting that animated series actually came out in the 1960s oh my gosh so it'd been out for a while and, and disney really built this up they did a lot of promotion saying this is an original storyline we've been cooking this one for a while since the 60s <laughs> <laughs> yeah. apparently ever since we watched this other movie we've been thinking about it but they they deny it uh straight up but there's some striking similarities there wow uh, even if those are there i i love the line King man it's It's number one it's number one and it should be such a good movie now even though lion king is number one we do have a few honorable mentions so anytime we have a survey monkey there's some folks that will uh uh, select the other and then they'll type in their their favorites right yeah some of the uh, honorable mentions here we have moana Oh, Moana. Yeah, that's a good one. You're welcome. Uh, You have uh, actually two votes for the Aristocats. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Aristocats. That's pretty good. It is a good movie. Uh, Pinocchio. Yeah. Peter Pan. That kind of shocked me a little bit. I kind of thought that would have been on there. I thought it would have been, too. Uh, Pocahontas. Okay. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, I think this is the only one that features Mickey Mouse, and that is Fantasia. Is that you're right. Is that correct? I don't think Mickey Mouse is in any of these movies. He actually right? isn't in a lot of the feature length of stuff. Right. He, he's in Fantasia. He's in Fantasia, exactly right. but that did not make the top 20, though. So those are the honorable mentions. Fantasia, Pocahontas, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, the Aristocats, and Moana. Wow. So, Jason, Disney basically owns everything now. Pretty much. They've yeah. got the animated movies. They've got Marvel. They've got Star Wars. McDonald's. Pepsi. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't know. But maybe someday. Someday, perhaps. Yeah, they're, they're a powerhouse, and they're not going anywhere. Uh, we did a podcast on Disney. Absolutely. So, if, if you've not checked that one out, go back and check out the history of Disney and Facebook. Yep. I think I, it was. I think so. It was yeah. a pretty good episode. Yep. Talked about Walt Disney, his whole history, and then also Mark Zuckerberg. You know, uh, one of my friends told me there's a really good book that came out. It's it's several years old now, but I think the name of it is uh, Disney Wars. Okay. And uh, it's really interesting. It, it talks a lot about these movies and like when people would come to pitch their movies that some folks really liked it, some thought it would be terrible, and kind of just the infighting among the Disney company in regard to some of these movies and which ones were made, which ones weren't. Huh. Uh, I heard it's a really good book. It's several years old but i think i may pick it up one day and and uh try it out sounds good we'll have to give it a read thanks to all of our listeners who are joining us each week we encourage you to follow us on social media you can catch us on facebook twitter and instagram with the handle at slapdash pod and we'll catch you in the next episode you've got a friend in me (laughs) me too man (laughs) 